Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. All right, so really today, God's invitation is for your faith to find a resting place in Him. And, it, and you may be going, well, you know, I, I do have faith. Yeah, but uh, uh, a growing faith, even more, greater measure of that faith for every aspect of your life. And, uh, you know, He can be counted on. He is sure. In every aspect, our consistent Father. Um, this morning, did anybody get up early? It's not, not, he's not, these mornings are kind of cool, right? Not, it gets hot during the day. I was really, Kelly, you got up early? Wonders, wonder of wonders. Uh, um, but I'm enjoying these mornings, and these uh, cooler mornings remind you that it is football season. Yeah. I will have to confess this, though. You know, you know, it's radical you know, as far as football season, but... Uh, during the game last night, the game, uh, I, I would, during breaks or timeouts, I was flipping over to the Bravos, man. I wanted to see what's going on with the Braves because they're making a big run. Took care of business, didn't they? It's so much fun. I'm loving those Braves. Go Braves. All right. All right. But uh, our faith is not in the Tigers or the Braves. Uh, we're putting our faith in... God's written word this morning. Turn with me to Mark chapter 14. Now, over the last few months, uh, we've been looking at some kind of hard sayings uh, that sometimes we're a little bit resistant of. And it's like, really, really, is this is this what it's all about? And, and yes, you know, the stuff as far as uh, deny self. Uh, when Jesus says, take up your cross. Uh, and follow me. And so it's really getting down to the nitty gritty of what it truly means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and not, not the cultural understanding and, and, you know, not the, not the kind of faith that, you know, whenever you score a touchdown, you know, you point to heaven. And some of that may be sincere, but it's like, you know, it goes so much deeper to be transformational in our lives. And so we've been taking a look and, and asking God to remind us, really, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ? What does it mean to be in a right relationship with God? Not allowing culture to define what it is, not allowing our feelings or our emotions to determine what it is, but to say, God, you speak and I listen and I follow. So we've been looking at some of those hard sayings, uh, deny self, take up your cross, die to self, and... Um, to, and, and even the word repentance, you know, that we've kind of slid uh, over uh, and to the side. But, you know, that aspect of God calling us to a point of repentance, changing our mind from self-reliance or world reliance or others' reliance to completely relying on Him. And today we want to look at another word that, that really has been kind of resonating with me, lady, and it's one that we really do kind of resist. We sang about it for years. I grew up singing about it. But it's the word surrender. Surrender. You know, and uh, I can remember being in church and I love to sing that song, I Surrender All. 
You know, we would sing that at the end of the service, I surrender all. And uh, it was fun to sing, but, you know, the reality as far as what it really is calling for is a whole different story. But the truth of the matter is, is in order to have a right relationship with God, that's exactly what He's calling us to, to surrender. And, and, and in reality, that surrender is sweet. Now, as I was thinking about this, I, you know, I was going, okay, what does that really mean for us? And I asked Siri, you always got to ask Siri, you know, uh, uh, Siri, what does surrender mean? And then Siri shows this, you know, definition. But there was one that caught my attention uh, that really, I think, does capture what it's all about. Abandon oneself entirely to a powerful emotion or influence. Abandon oneself entirely to a powerful emotion or influence. And in our sense, where you know, it's, it's not an emotion, it's not an influence, but it's to abandon ourself to God the Father, the Creator, the Alpha and the Omega. But the truth of the matter is we're surrendering all the time. We're surrendering all the time. And recently, that's just really come into full view for me, um, how people are doing this. They are abandoning themselves entirely to a powerful emotion. They're coming to this point in their life to they're just abandoning themselves to this emotion of taking their own life. This past week, I was driving in on Memorial Day. I was driving back into our neighborhood um, Probably going out to get some more barbecue sauce or something like that. You gotta, you know, have barbecue. But uh, coming back and there was a fire, there was a fire truck and there was uh, uh, all these ambulances and the emergency vehicles in in my neighborhood and 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 there was a crowd of people that pulled up and and come to find out that uh, one of our neighbors she had tried to commit suicide. And uh, it's like, oh my goodness, she's got uh, three, you know, three kids and and it's been tough. Four years ago, her. Her uh, husband died of leukemia, and and there's just it's just been a tough run in life, and so she had tried to take her life, and so I, as I was asking, you know, my across the street neighbor, you know, wh what was going on, he 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 went on to tell me, well, you know, not only that, but his son, who's 19 years old, his son's best friend had gone off to college, his first year at college, uh, week before last to South Carolina, and he hung himself in his in his, uh, in his dorm room, in his fraternity house room. You know, and, and we hear stories about this, and, and you know, and, and they seem, you know, like, oh, we might know of some people that know people, but the truth of the matter is becoming more and more and more prevalent to where people all around us are giving up. They're not, and they are surrendering and abandoning themselves to this emotion that they don't want to live anymore. And, 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 and in reality, Satan makes a heyday out of this when, when he comes in with a stinking thinking and he's robbing people of the freedom and the truth and, and their very life. Suicide is becoming more and more prevalent and, you know, in our culture. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to think about it. It's twice the rate of murder in America. Uh, it's the number one killer of, of, of people between 15 and 24 in America. What's, what's going on? Listen, we are singing on Sunday mornings, my faith has found a resting place. And, and truly, it, that's what God wants us to experience and to have that hope and have that assurance that no matter what's going on, that we can come and turn to God and He will speak truth and He will bring comfort and He'll bring hope no matter what's going on. 
Because in reality, as we look back and we think about what's going on in people's lives, I mean, mental illness and all this stuff that's going on today, it's, I mean, it's just, it, we are in a broken world. We live in a broken world. And we have broken minds and broken bodies and, and broken relationships and, and broken weather. And, and that's just the world in which we live in. But the truth is, is that, you know, God knows that He is fully capable and He has plans for us. And they're not plans to harm us, but the plans to help us and to give us hope and a future. And so you know, let me just kind of hit the pause button and, and talk just a minute about suicide and, and what's going on. God has equipped you and me with his son and the Holy Spirit to fill us with hope and life and purpose and truth. And he's given his word uh, so that we don't have to shy away or pull back and say, hey, I, I'm, I'm just not real clear. The truth of the matter is, is that we can befriend anybody. If you ever hear anyone speak of that, you know, I just want to kill myself, you know, talk to them and take it seriously. Uh, to, to talk to them about it, spend time with them and let them know that you are there for them and say, hey, listen, I will get on the phone and make a call with you. It's, it's so much better to, 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 to take that next step rather than to feel awkward about it. God's called us not to, to be awkward, but to give us boldness. He's not giving us a spirit of fear, but power, love and sound mind. It, it's, it's so sad and devastating. I mean, I, I took, uh, this is, uh, and he probably hates this, but uh, Kim Wong, you know, from the UK, went with us to Turkey. Uh, he was bold and, and courageous enough. I just want you to know, if you hadn't met him, he's here today. I'm not going to make him wait, raise his hand. But uh, <clears throat> he was bold and courageous enough to go to Grady, Alabama with me this uh, last, uh, we, we took off Friday afternoon and, and uh and I, and I told him to be nice or I, I wouldn't bring him back, you know, and leave him down there with the cows and the pigs and all that. But, uh, we had a, we had a great time. But when I, we were down there and we were enjoying a good meal and I was talking to the one of the ladies that, you know, at the, uh, uh, the cash register up there. And, you know, she's one of the regulars and she was going, Hey, I just want to give you an update on, on, you know, on, on my nephew. And, uh, and I said, okay. And I'm, I can't even remember her name. But, you know, she, and so I'm supposed to know that her nephew grew up here in Roswell. She said, he's doing okay. He's off at, you know, he's off at college now. I don't know, at Georgia Southern or whatever the case is. And, and uh, he, he's doing much better. And, and then she, she reminded me of the story that it was two years ago that he was the one that drove his girlfriend to Roswell High School. And, uh, and she was a little cheerleader, but she had some stuff going on in her life. And it's really sick and sad what was going on. Uh, but uh, uh, he got out to go, you know, into class, and she hung herself in the trees outside of Roswell High School. Listen, God has called you and me, as we've been reminded time and time again, to be salt and light. You know, the truth of the matter is, we may live in an affluent area here, but there is so much hopelessness, and there's so much despair. And and in order for us to be all that God would have us to be and in that right relationship with us, the truth of the matter is that it comes back to this, this aspect of surrender. That's what He's called us to do. That He's called us into a relationship to where we abandon ourselves entirely to Him. And rather than being something that's scary or something that we should resist, the truth is, is it is absolutely sweet. On the top of your outline, there's 
There's a reminder of why this is so important. It's this verse out of Jeremiah where Jeremiah says, I know, God, that mere mortals can't run their own lives, that men and women don't have what it takes to take charge of life. I mean, you know, for thousands of years, there is that reality and that wisdom that, listen, God never intended for us to take charge, and yet we are in a take-charge culture, a take-charge kind of world. And God says, that's not my world. That's not my way. That's not what it means to be a follower of mine. Matter of fact, the supreme example of that is Jesus Christ. And that's our text for the day in Mark chapter 14. So Jesus, in his relationship with his father, realized that God had called him for this very purpose. And yet, like me, in flesh and blood, there is this battle that was going on. Because he knew that he was facing the cross. And so we come to this passage in Mark chapter 14. You know, after this great Jesus had been anointed in Bethany and, 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 and celebrated there, there's a Lord's Supper that he shares uh, with, his, with his disciples. Uh, just, just a lot of moving parts that are going on and Peter denies him. But then we come to this passage where Jesus goes to Gethsemane. So let's pick up there in verse 32. So it says, they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus says to his disciples, sit here a while. And he took Peter and James and John and along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Pause. Look at what Jesus is experiencing here. He says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. You perhaps have been there. The people that I just described, they were obviously there. The truth of the matter is that none of us, you know, want to die. We just want the pain to go the way. No, no, nobody wants it. It's just the pain to go away. But the problem is, is that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Because God says He can do all things. We're going to see Jesus say that. And so Jesus is in the throes of this. And yet, here's what He says in verse 35. It says, going a little further, He fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. And then look what he says in verse 36. And here's our supreme example. He says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. It's here that we see the ultimate prayer of surrender. It's here that we see the invitation that God has for me and you today. God, I know that everything's possible for you no matter what's going on, no matter what I'm facing. I know that everything's possible for you. I believe that everything's possible for you. And, and if possible, take this cup away, take this away, but not my will, but your will. Let's pray and ask God to give us the courage for surrender today. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before you to worship you. We pray that you would take and, and move the words of our praise into our very heart and our very soul, the very essence of our being to where, Lord, we can testify as we leave that our faith has found a resting place in you. That we are living here 
confident and hopeful and and secure in knowing that you are all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, and that you love us in an amazing way. And may today, Lord, we take that next step to completely abandon ourselves to you so that we would know you better, love you more, and then also be instruments of your righteousness in a world that is hurting. For we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's here we see Jesus abandon himself to God. He just says, Father, I do not, I do not want this, but not my will, but your will. What does that look like? And I'd just like to share with us this morning what it really means to surrender to Jesus. And just obviously this is not in totality, but just four reminders of what you and I can do, how we can cooperate with Him in order to surrender to Jesus this morning. Number one, letting go of control. Letting go of control. Now, you know, we've heard this all our life, but the truth of the matter is every single day that you and I get up, we have to decide who's going to be in control. You have to decide, are you going to be in control or God's going to be in control? And, 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 and to get down to the nitty gritty, the fact is, is that you know, that's the reason it's so important for us to begin our day with God, to look to Him. You know, and, and I'm not saying in some exhausted Bible study, you know, get the concordance out and all that, but just to acknowledge that He is God. Say, God, you're God and I'm not. You are sovereign. You are in control. You love me. I'm your child. And, and I just relinquish this day to you. Praise God. Start your day with God because every day it's going to be a battle. There are things in your life that you're not going to want to give up. You're going to want to control. Uh, there are verses in the Bible that you want to ignore because it's kind of uh, not, you know, not too fun or not too popular. And uh, yet we see this verse in the Bible, Psalm 4610. Uh, you don't normally read it this way. Let go and know that I am God. I rule the nations. I rule the earth. Let go and know that I am God. That that word in Hebrew that we normally read, be still, be still, and know that I am God, you know, literally means let go. Let go. Relax. Let go and know that I am God. You know, I don't know what you're going to go through this coming week. Uh, But... As long as you live on the face of this earth, there's go- there are going to be issues and there's stuff that's going to be happening. I don't know, you don't know, but I can tell you this, that God, what He wants you to do is just go ahead and just surrender. Say, God, you're in control. I want to let go. I want to let go and know you. I want to know your presence in my life. And God helps us to understand that this is the first step to us experiencing His presence and His peace in our life. Whenever we face... Situations that are outside of our control, there's always a tendency for us. We're going to go to one, two extremes. For some, uh, when you feel like you're out of control or things are becoming uh, uncontrollable, that's the harder you try to control it. Anybody, we don't want you to raise hands or stand up or anything like that, but you you know your tendency. It's like, oh, this is going out, and so you you do more and more to control that. But here's the reality: when we when, when we're doing that, then, then we're expressing our lack of faith that God is in control. Um, the more insecure you feel, the more controlling you will become. 
The more frightened, the more worried, uh, the more insecure, the more controlling you will become. So here's the deal. Secure people don't have control to control situations. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever noticed that? If you sense that security, where do we get that from? We get that when we abandon ourselves completely to God and we allow Him to express our identity. So when you feel that security in Him, you don't, you're not going to have to control everything. And I've seen that progression in my life. You know, I've seen that progression in my life. And the more immature and the less I know God, the more I'm trying to control situations. You know, I used to, I used to try to control my wife, Felicia. How'd that work? Now, I mean, you know, the, 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 when we come and say, God, you're in control, we can find rest and peace. Be still. Relax. Let go. So you're either going to do that or the other extreme is if, if things seem to be getting out of you, you just give up. You, you, you just give up. Uh, you go into despair, you throw a pity party, you know, you come home and you turn on TV and you grab some bonbons or whatever else and you just kind of give up. And that's not what God's called us to do. Instead, He, he wants us to come to what Jesus did. He said, Jesus. He said, Father, Abba, Father. I know that everything's possible. God, I know that everything's possible for you. Remind that. We need to remind ourselves of that. God, I know that everything's possible for you. That this isn't just some accident that's going on in my life, you know, and it's not out of your control. I know that everything's possible for you, but, and I really, really want it to, to go away, but not my will, but your will. That's a prayer of surrender that God invites us to, to, to experience and to voice every day. Letting go of control is, is one way of surrender. You know, um, the number one reason that there are uh, really, really problems and stress in our life is because we are in conflict with God. We just, we're not accepting His plans and His purpose. We're, we're not surrendering to that. And we begin to fight with that. The question is, are you tired of that? Here, here's what the Bible says in Romans 8, uh, verse 6. It says, if a person's thinking is controlled by his human nature, then there's death. But if his thinking is controlled by the Spirit, there is life and peace. And that's His promise. God, control my thinking. So here's, here's a good question for us. You know, uh, what am I trying to control right now? Would you ask Him, say, Abba, Father... What's got me? What's got me twisted up right now? What? What am I trying to? What am I trying to control right now? What? What do you want me to abandon to you right now? Just ask him. Because, he, as a follower of his, his spirit is in you, and then his spirit, the, his very job, his job description is to reveal that stuff to you. So just ask him. He says you have not because you ask not. What's got, what, what's got you all twisted up? What are you, what are you trying to control? Ask Him and, and let Him reveal that to you right now. And it may be a relationship. It may be uh, a situation at work or home or whatever it is. But ask Him and then let Him show you that your prayers should be the same of that of Jesus. Father, I'd like for it to be this way, but not my will, but Your will be done. You willing to say that? That's what it means to be a follower of His. Number two, learning to be content. 
learning to be content. <laughs> stuff happens, disappointments, problems. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that we know that we can't change. Uh, and we've got some alternatives. We can worry about it. How does that work? Not good. We can resent it. We can feel guilty. We can have self-pity. We can be fearful. We can worry. None of that works. But as one of our, perhaps one of your favorite verses, mine is, I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. So Paul reminds us this is a process of surrender. This is a, something that we do learn. It's not natural. It doesn't, it doesn't come, um, you know, uh, packaged whenever we're born in life. Contentment does not. All of, most of you know that Paul, when he wrote this, he wasn't in a resort hotel. Uh, he, he was in prison in Rome. He was chained to a Roman soldier in a dark, damp prison. But he says, I've learned to be content. It's a choice. Right now, you can say, Lord, I don't understand all this, but I know that uh, your word says that contentment is a choice. Lord, I choose contentment. Just voice it. What is it? He tells us that His Word never returns void, so just voice it. Agree with Him. Even that's repentance right there. It's like, I've been trying to control this. I've been trying to be content. I'm going to change my mind, and I'm going to just voice Your Word. I'm going to make a choice to believe You. But the other thing is, is that uh, He says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's like, okay, I'm going to practice these things. No, 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 no. It, it's through Christ. Jesus, this is something you produce. This is something you provide in my life. Um, one of the problems that, that we have when it comes to contentment is that, is that we're always looking for explanations. I mean, there's so much that happens in your life. There's so much that happens in the world that, that we're just... Well, you know, we, we want some explanation, but God didn't always tell us. And, you know, and, 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 and you may struggle with that. God, I just, I just don't understand that. W one of the things is, is that, um, when God's not revealing to you or giving you an example, there's one thing that may be going on, and that is He is testing you in life. He's testing you. Um, God doesn't owe us explanations, but He's not holding back and He's not just saying, because I said so. But there are times that we go in life, are you going to allow your faith to have a resting place in me to where you can be content in any circumstance? Here's the deal, because if God were to give you an explanation, a lot of times you wouldn't understand it. Because his explanation of why something's going on in your life right now would be, hey, listen, back in 1862, this happened. And then in 2074, this is going to happen. And this is just part of my plan. And you're going, what? Why? Because we, we live in the here and now. Right here, right now. And we've got history, his story. So we're not always going to fully understand, you know, what God's doing. You know, that's, that's, that's like, uh, you know, if God, if God provided that to you, it's still not going to remove the pain that you're going through. 
You know, I go to the doctor and I say, Doc, my stomach is killing me. And then he runs a few tests and he goes, Hey, you know, here's what's going on. A, B, and C. Guess what? My pain's still there. I've just got an explanation, but it's still there. And I'm going, okay, I, I need more than that. Well, here's, here's what God wants us to understand is that He is always at His work. But there's sometimes He's just testing to see if we're going to abandon and surrender to Him. You know, when you were in school, I, I don't know if it was like this for you, uh, but there were actually times and when I was in going to school that when the teacher said, shut up, we did. You know, we did. And uh, But there, the times that our class, there was you know, usually always something going on, but the times that the classroom was silent was during tests. And the teacher would say what? Y'all be quiet. Get your pencils. We're taking a test. And guess who else was quiet? So we were quiet. Guess who else was quiet? The teacher was quiet. It may be that right now that you're going through something and you say, God, you're silent. He said, I'm inviting you. This is, I'm inviting you to trust me. I'm inviting you to abandon yourself to me. It's a test. What we need when we're going through pain and when we're going difficulties, we're going through things that just rock our world is, is not really so much an explanation. We need His presence. Psalm 37, 7, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. And this is what God's calling some of us to do right now. We're just busy, 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 always trying to work it out. Uh, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. That's one of the reasons it's pretty good. I mean, this is good timing. It's a great opportunity for us to be going through while we're starting next Sunday night. Walking the wilderness within, this is all about helping us learn to be still. We live in a culture where there's so many moving parts and we, we've lost the art of being still. Here's this invitation. Hey, be still in His presence. Hey, would you just go ahead and make that a prayer? Just be praying every day. God, do something special in those six weeks. Teach us, teach us how to really be still. That's a part of surrender and surrender to Him. So let me ask you this. What are you frustrated about? What's, you know, what's going on in your life right now uh, that's got you worked up that you just need to write right now? Just say, all right, Lord, not only am I going to let go of control, but I'm just going to trust you for contentment. I'm going, I just want your presence to bring about peace in the midst of this storm. Number three, surrendering to Jesus means laying down my plans. Boy, we're big planners. We're big planners. Uh, but the truth is, is IAS is a reality of life. It's a theological truth. It's a fact of life. What is IAS? Anybody know? It's always something. It's always something. It's a fact, and, and, and that's the way it is. It's always something. You know, why don't plans all, always work out? Why do we have so many problems? There are three reasons. Number one, you and I make bad choices. 
You know, we know this. You know, I don't always use my time wisely. We get rushed. We get pressured. We don't use our money wisely or we get in debt. Uh, if we don't eat right, we don't rest right. You know, so we, we just don't always make good choices. We, we make bad choices. That's one of the reasons it's always something that things don't work out. But number two is we have an enemy and his name is Satan. Satan wants to defeat you. Before you even wake up in the morning, he's already planning how to mess up your life. It's been said if you wake up in the morning and you don't meet the devil face to face, it just means you're heading the same direction. Yeah. Um, it's always something because Satan is like a roaring lion seeking him, someone to devour but number three, there's a reason for that is we live in this imperfect world. As I mentioned earlier, we live in a broken world. You know, and, and everything about our world is broken. You know, Dorian has reminded us about that. You know, there's just broken and there's devastation, relationships, every aspect broken. So really, as a result, sometimes we have problems that are just nobody's fault. They're just, they're just part of planet Earth. And, and one day, Jesus was walking down the street with his, uh, with his followers, and uh, they saw this man that was, that was blind. And he had been born blind. And the disciples, you remember this, he looked to them, and they looked to Jesus and they said, Jesus, you know, who caused, uh, whose sin caused this man to be born blind? Was it, was it his sins or his parents' sins? And Jesus replied, neither sin." It wasn't anybody's fault. This happened, Jesus said, so that the work of God could be displayed in his life. Uh, there's a whole lot to unwrap in that. But listen, in the rest of this year, 2019, and as we get ready for 2020, God wants to display His work in and through your life. God wants to display His work in and through this body. That, that's why we need to continue to allow Him to reveal His truth as far as this aspect of surrender. Surrender to what God's doing. To surrender to where He's moving. Abandon ourselves to Him. And that's why we need to stick together in this. That's, that's, that's why we need to involve ourselves in, in, in groups and Bible studies and, and be a part of a, the body of Christ. Not to operate out there as orphans when God's called us to be a part of His family and His body. We need to stick together. Lay down your plans and get on board with God's purpose and His plans. Many are the plans of a man's heart, Proverbs says, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Let Him remind you of that truth. Lay down your plans. Get on board with what God's doing. Jesus did, and it's not what He wanted to do. Look at these next verses. It says, this is how we know... Yeah, let's back up to that one before that. Sorry about that. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down His life. He laid down more than His plan. He laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Wow. So the first step is this. You lay down up. Just God, I'm just laying these plans out before you. That doesn't mean we don't need to plan. No, we need to seek Him for them. But we lay them. We offer them up to Him. And if you know, one of the ways to know if you're doing that is if if you get all out of bent, out of shape, whenever your plans don't go right, then nope, nope, no. Nope, you hadn't surrendered. You hadn't laid those down. So we lay down. We lay down our 
our plans, we lay down our lives. He's saying, here's what Jesus said. He said, you ought to lay down your life for, for others. Let me ask you, who are you, who are you laying down maybe some of your plans for? Who, who are you laying down your life for? I mean, who are you laying down your schedule for? See, God's called us. God's called us to do that so that they can know sweet Jesus. And there's people in your circles and there's people in your life that... <laughs> my cross street neighbor said there was absolutely no indicators for his son's friend. No indicators. And I mean, they spent... Days again. He said, I didn't see any indicators. There are people that you're rubbing shoulders with right now. There's no indicators that they're hopeless. There's no indicators that they're hurting. There's no indicators of what they're struggling. There's no indicators of what's going on. But see, God's got you in their life for a reason. So that you can share with them the love of Jesus. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down His life. He's calling us to lay down our life. This next verse in Romans 6, 13. Give yourselves to God. Surrender your whole being to Him to be used for righteous purposes. Surrender. Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. This is just kind of a, a, a little reminder right there. And He will give you everything that you need. Number four, leaving the future to God. Surrendering to Jesus means leaving the future to God. Um, we're not going to try to live in the future. We're going to live in today. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, for many of you, it's one of your, your, your life verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him, and He will make, your, uh, make straight your paths. So it's saying, God, I'm going to trust You and not what I think. I'm going to trust what You say and not what I think. And then you're going to make straight my paths. Uh, you're going to keep me on the right track. It, I may feel like I'm in the ditch, but I can trust that you've got me on the right track in life. Here's just kind of the bottom line truth. If you want true peace and joy and purpose, then, then, then you've got a decision to make. Am I going to do what I think is best or I'm going to do what God tells me to do? And we'll say, oh, I'm going to do what God tells me to do. Look at this next verse, Psalm. The Lord takes care of those who obey Him and gives them eternal rewards that last forever. They will survive through hard times and will have more than enough even in a time of famine. Now this is His promise to us. Yeah, I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to do what He says do. Let me ask you, what area of your life have you not surrendered to Him? You're going, I'm, I'm just, I've kidding. I love Him. I'm following Jesus. You know, today, I mean, what about your sex life? Have you surrendered that to Him? 
I mean, I've, I, I counsel people that come to me all the time for marriage and they go, yeah, I, I want to, yeah, we're Christians. I want to follow Jesus. Da, 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 da. And, uh, you know, they're just living together and doing all that kind of stuff. And, they, and I'm going, well, here's what it means to be a follower of Christ. No, well, I mean, come on. I'm not going, I'm going to do what I feel like doing. And it makes a lot more sense to do this than to do what God says in His Word. Am I going to do what? I think is best or am I going to do what God thinks is best? See, it's really easy for us to kid ourselves. You know, it's like I did. I've told you many times. I, like, I, kid, I, I was able to fully kid myself. I fooled myself. I thought I was going to be a... You know, when I was single, I thought I was going to be a great catch for some woman. I had myself food until I got married and then I realized how selfish I am. You know, God uses marriage to expose some stuff in our lives. We can fool ourselves. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Have you surrendered your sex life to God? Have you surrendered your, your finances to God? You know, I know that God says that I need to give Him the first fruits, but I can't afford to do that. That's why you're stressed. That's why you're in debt. Have you surrendered your relationships to God? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, I know I should forgive that person, but they hurt me so bad. I said, uh, no, you hadn't surrendered that relationship to God. What's He calling you to do? What's He calling you to surrender? See, it may be that some of you here, you've been going to church for a long time, but you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. And He's calling you to do that today. To come to know Him. What area of your life have you not surrendered to Him? I'm going to ask our worship team to come forward and as, as we prepare to close, I want to just give us an opportunity to, to really reflect on that. Because this is what it means to be a follower. This is what he's asking. He, you know, it's not like, hey, I want to get and I want to do some behavior modification. No, he said, I want to come and give you life. I want to come and transform your life. But it all starts with surrender. I surrender all. And I want you to reflect on, on the words of, of this song as, as they're singing and ask the Holy Spirit just to speak truth to you and just and ask Him to to break through maybe just what has become a habitual approach to this portion of the service. So break through this. Don't let my mind go to what? No, but break through so that I can know you and know your will. And just say, Father, here's what's going on. Would you reveal through your Holy Spirit any of any area of my life that's not surrendered to you. And by the strength of Jesus, I can do all things through Jesus who gives me strength. By the strength of Jesus, enable me to honestly and humbly come and surrender that to you. See, for some of you, there's struggles and there's heartaches that are in your life, that are still in your life, that still have a strong in your life because you've never humbled yourself before the Lord and asked Him. Abandon yourself. Ask Him to enable you today to break through and enable you today to abandon yourself completely to the King of Kings, to your Abba Father and to give you rest.
Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.